I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. Hello, everybody. It is Monday, February 18th, 2019, otherwise known as President's Day. I'm sure many of you have the day off. Um, I decided to record today because I've got the day off and I've got plenty of time and nothing else to do. And I just woke up, so if I sound kind of tired, that's why, or at least I'm starting recording this episode after I have pretty much just woken up. But it is still a great time to talk about sports. Um, what are you? What are you guys all doing for your President's Day weekend? I've just been. Mostly hanging out, hanging out with friends and family and uh, appreciating uh, presents. Not not really, but I've been enjoying the days off. I don't know about you guys, but with all the days off in January and February, I kind of forgot how much time off we get between um, MLK Day and, well, winter break. MLK Day, we had two days off for no apparent reason. and then now we got President's Day. I've kind of gotten used to having some time off. I don't know. That's it's going to be tough because March is like the hardest stretch of the year. But hey, we are moving our way in. We are not going to stumble. We are staying strong out here in the toughest parts of America. Okay. But anyway, it is actually kind of a slow sports week. Uh, I don't have too much planned for today. I'm going to do a lot of ad-libbing. But, you know, it's our first weekend without football to talk and uh, makes it a little tough. But nonetheless, we will try. And uh, I love talking. I don't know if you guys haven't noticed that. But I know that we will have a great show still for you. And we will set up some great shows coming up over the following weeks. So... Let's get underway with the first topic I have on the docket today, and that's All-Star Weekend. The NBA All-Star Weekend wrapped up uh, this weekend. It was actually the first weekend in quite a while that I've been able to watch most of it, just because um, previous years we've got robotics tournaments or whatever uh, on this weekend. But this weekend was free this year. And as a result, we were ab- I was able to watch uh, pretty much everything from the weekend. And I think we're just going to, well, first, the All-Star Weekend as a whole. I mean, NBA All-Star Weekend is just super fun because you got the best players in the league. And the NBA is such a personality-driven league. I mean, you don't really think too much about the owners or the GMs as much as you do in, say, football or baseball. Basketball is player-led, and the players have a lot of bargaining power, so they get a lot more of the spotlight. Um, and so when they all come together on All-Star Weekend, it's just a blast, and players are having fun uh, and enjoying each other's company. And most people, with the exception of like Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid, seem to get along. Heck, even Westbrook and Durant are kind of kind of chummy again, um, which is great to see. But anyway, the uh, All-Star Weekend kicked off on Friday, I believe, with the Celebrity Game, which... In recent years, it's kind of devolved a little bit. It doesn't have as many of the big names as it used to, um, except for the... It's, it's, it's kind of funny when the NBA legends are like the most famous celebrities you get there. Uh, 
But anyway, my personal dream, at least as currently constructed, I really want to play in the celebrity game. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if I will ever achieve that kind of fame. I don't know how I would achieve that kind of fame um, to get on the celebrity game. Maybe I invent some new thing that is a billion dollar idea and I get rich and I buy my own yacht and my own basketball team. And I could just be like Mark Lasry and get a free invite every year because I really want to play um, on national TV in front of millions of people watching at home. Uh, but I don't know. It just seems like a really fun experience because I got a nice jumper if I, if I get hot. And I believe that I could really make an impact on the celebrity game. That is my lifelong goal. Actually, yeah, that and the, the celebrity softball game in, in baseball. Those are my two lifelong goals. If I achieve both of those things, I will know that I will be really happy in life. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the All-Star Game, it used to have, like, Bieber and them. Now it's got, like, B-list celebrities but or actors or whatever. But it's okay. It's still a fun experience watching people who don't play basketball shoot basketball. Although, the one thing that I noticed when I was watching that game, it really puts into context how, A, athletic, but B, tall NBA players are. Like, you look at the the celebrity game, and everyone's, like, 5'7", and some of the really short people are, like, 5'4", and they just look so small on the court. I mean, it's like everyone is, like, Muggsy Bogues size. <laughs> and also just athletic. I mean, the game is, like, one-fifth of as explosive as your average NBA game. Even, like, the Knicks look way more explosive. It's just a whole other level. I mean, that's kind of obvious. It's just kind of stark when you watch the celebrity game and you see these... Uh, white-haired people and five-feet-tall people, or even less, running around trying their best to play. Uh, I, that's why I, I watch. It's just amusing. I, I think the difference is more stark than in baseball. Because in baseball, I mean, everyone can swing a bat with some ferocity. But basketball is just, you have, to, you have to watch people run more often. And that's why it's particularly funny. The Rising Stars Challenge then happened that night. I didn't watch very much of it, so we're not going to talk about it too much. But I, I like the montage at the beginning where they showed people that had been in the Rising Stars Challenge in previous years. They had, like, Kobe and Kyrie and um, LeBron and them. It is really a proving ground. I mean, a lot of these guys we will see uh, in, in the following years, or even some that played in the Rising Stars game and the All-Star game, like Ben Simmons. Um, that's really all I've got to say about that. And then we went into probably the best part of the weekend, All-Star Saturday night. And first off was the Skills Challenge. And I think the Skills Challenge actually has a lot of potential. Uh, I mean, there were some dramatic finishes at the end with Jason Tatum banking in a uh, half-court shot to beat Trey Young at the buzzer. I think like that challenge, I mean, it's been around for it's been around for a hot second, but it really does have some potential to become one of the events of All-Star Weekend. Uh, the only thing is you have to make it longer. Uh, I mean, the event only takes, like, what, 15 minutes as, as it is right now? And I, I really think you could stretch that a little longer. I mean, like, it's not like you're wearing on their bodies. They run 50 times more than that in a standard game. And uh, adding a little bit during their time off is not going to strain them very much, especially if they're not playing during the All-Star game. But I think you got to add the bounce pass back. Because the pass is by far the hardest part. I think you've got to add the bounce pass back. And then maybe have two shots. So that way uh, they have to shoot more. Because as it, as it is right now, you've got one layup. 
and uh, one three-point shot. And that's all. But I think people come for the shooting. People come for the distance shooting. Um, I know it'll disservice bigs a little bit. Oh, yeah. Also, I think for the layup, having a reverse layup will be infinitely more entertaining. Because then you get to watch guys do, like, fancy reverse layups and stuff. And also, maybe, like, free tacos for a year if they win or something like that in addition to a charity donation. I think would be a great incentive to get guys to play more. Um, I know at, like, the, was it, the NHL All-Star game, they offer, like, a million bucks. Something like that, I think, would really rev up the skills challenge. <laughs> now, um, take about the following events on Saturday night. I am with the masses in that I think that the three-point contest has surpassed the dunk contest as the uh, marquee event of the uh, of, of All-Star Saturday night. I mean, the slam dunk contest will always have a certain appeal to it, but unless you have big names, the dunk contest just isn't going to draw that many eyes. The exceptions might be Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, but the thing with them is they made their names in the dunk contest. It's not like they had humongous names before entering. They made their names there, um, and, and we might see something like happening like that with Diallo. But this was one of the better fields as far as names go in quite a while. I mean, we expected a lot from John Collins. Dennis Smith Jr. had already made a name for himself. Um, so I don't really know, unless you throw like Zion into the mix when he comes into the league next year. Um, I, I've seen a rumor that's like Williamson, Diallo, Gordon, and Levine. And that would actually be a pretty fun field. But until you can get the big names to join... People just aren't going to watch. I mean, it's it's All-Star Weekend. You should bring the All-Stars out, um, I think. I mean, having Giannis there with his freakish length would be cool. I also think throwing in another wrench into the mix into the All-Star game, kind of like, because we get wowed at the, at the in-game dunks because it's against real competition. I think if you added an element that was against real competition and you had, like, people getting posterized, um, that would be really entertaining. Or you throw in teammates like LeBron and D. Wade back in their Miami Heat days would throw some crazy lobs or Lob City in L.A. where I think there was a, it was, uh, I want to say Jamal Crawford going through the legs into a Blake Griffin windmill or something like that. That's one of the best in-game dunks I've ever seen and that would be insanely entertaining in a dunk contest as well. I mean, there's only so many ways you can dunk a basketball. But if you add in a second element, whether that be a defender or a pass, uh, a passer that's judged or, uh, I don't know, literally anything else, I feel like you open up a whole new world of possibilities as far as entertainment and as far as, as dunking uh, can go. As far as the three-point contest, uh, I feel like it's having its moment right now. Uh, I should qualify what I said before about it becoming the marquee event right now. Right now it is the marquee event. But if if the three-point contest stays in the spotlight for as long as the dunk contest has, I mean, people are going to tire of it a little bit. And, and shooters are only going to get better, but people get used to greatness. I mean, people, like, people don't get, off of their, get out of their seats for a 50 now the way they do for, say, when Vince Carter was lighting it up in 2000 and kind of ushering in this whole new era of the dunk contest, uh, especially after he was on hiatus for a little bit. And so... People are people flock to the three-point contest right now, and I think that's good um, because it's 
emphasizing the three-point shot, and people might not like that, but it, that is the future of the game. And right now, given the state of affairs, there's really nothing that can excite a crowd like a guy hitting eight, nine three-pointers in a row, um, especially when they come in with expectations. Because right now, the three-point contest has the biggest, some of the biggest names in the league. Um, that's guys like Steph Curry, obviously. You had Dirk in it this year. Seth Curry is really making a name for himself. Uh, and, and yet a no-name named Joe Harris won. But I think that's kind of a testament to what's happening with the dunk contest because not too many people were talking about Joe Harris after the fact, even though he won. Because he's not a, like a household name, people didn't talk about him as much uh, as opposed to if, say, Steph won again or, I don't know, Dirk made it to the finals. Um when you have big names, they just don't generate the clicks and traction that that a that a superstar would, and that's just the way the media ecosystem works. And if you're not going to have uh, your stars playing and winning, it's not going to generate as much attention. Um, but the three point contest was super fun. Uh, you had some down to the wire action. I actually like the money ball rack. Uh, I think it adds just an extra level of, uh, well, it makes comebacks more interesting. Um, I think if I had to make a suggestion to TNT, who put on a great uh, broadcast, but I would suggest putting in a max score graphic. Like, if they hit the rest of their shots, what is the maximum score they can get? Because there were times when it's like the commentators added some drama when there wasn't any because they just didn't do the math right. So I think having a max score would be useful because then you could uh, show your viewers or it would really make add some excitement uh, as from a viewing perspective uh, to, the, to the average fan. Now for the main event of the weekend. On Sunday, the All-Star Game. Now, I'm maybe in a small contingent here that I don't think the All-Star Game is unwatchable. I mean... The NBA, the the thing that separates the NBA from a lot of leagues is just the raw athleticism on display every single night. And I watch the All-Star game because I want to see that athleticism. And that athleticism does not come out when guys are just hucking threes every possession. I'm there to see crazy alley-oops and 360 dunks like from Paul George last night and crazy things. I don't think the All-Star game is broken because the athleticism is still there as long as people try on the offensive end. I don't care if you try on the defensive end. I mean, at the end of the Rising Stars game, they put on a little mini dunk show, and that got people buzzing. And that's what the All-Star game needs more of. Nonetheless, it's still a fun opportunity to watch some of the best players in the world play. Also, okay, so dunking and iso ball I think would be fun. Because there's limited potential for injury when you're playing ISO. Because if you don't have to worry about stepping on other people's feet or or tracking people down, running, uh, following people along the baseline or whatever. And plus, it's just more fun because what, what do we do when we, uh, when we run around on the playground? We want to see who is the best player. We want to watch people go head-to-head and compete and to see that with the best players in the world at what they do 
is just supremely entertaining. Plus, it makes just for some fun stories. I mean, Steph going up against Clay, Clay going up against Steph, Westbrook and Durant. It'd just be some really entertaining stuff. It's like NBA Blacktop, if you're 2K or but in real life. Um, so I think that's how the uh, Duncan or the uh, All Star Game could get more interesting. But it's just a great event. Um, and, and I think the weekend was really fun. Charlotte did a great job after all the controversy that came a few years ago with HP2 and all that. But they got it worked out. And they put on a great show. Also, shout out to J. Cole with the halftime performance. Uh, one of the better shows I've seen in a while. So that's the NBA All-Star Weekend. And I'm going to... We're going to do something here. We're going to do a little thought exercise. We don't do these super often at the long takes. And maybe that's a mistake. Maybe we should be doing this more often. But we are going to fix other All-Stars games and events we are going to take a look at other all-star games across the american sports landscape and see what we can do to to rev them up a little bit and we're going to start with baseball so baseball all-star game is right now just a regular all-star game and that's not a bad thing i mean baseball is the sport that's less likely to change uh when you have this style of format, because pitchers still pitch and hitters still hit. I mean, there's no part of the game that can be kind of taken out, I would say. But I think if you want to make the game more interesting, I think it more or less just comes down to effort on behalf of the players, and I think the way you do that is with more incentives. (laughs) I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about, because money is not going to sway professional athletes, unless it's like millions and millions of dollars. I'm talking about like special cleats or you get to put a special decal on your helmet or something that players actually want and kind of represents a a, a departure from the stoicness of Major League Baseball because it, it it's a win-win. I mean, it entices the players, it entices the fans. I mean, could you imagine like a guy like, I don't know, Bryce Harper? But a guy like Bryce Harper getting to put fancy stuff on his jersey or something. I think that would be a a good situation. As far as football, which is kind of a hot mess as far as their all-star event or the Pro Bowl is, I think turning it into a weekend kind of like the NBA would be a good idea because you already have the skills chat. You already have um, the Pro Bowl skills showdown or whatever it's called with the dodgeball and the obstacle course and the precision passing. That is awesome. Leave that as is. Maybe more dodgeball, if anything else. But turn the game into a flag football game. Because, I mean, flag football is still entertaining. I mean, it's a different kind of entertaining if you like offense. But it's still entertaining. I mean, you get to watch one-on-one battles and everything like that. Plus, I think it would be really entertaining to watch defensive linemen trying to pull flags. Um, But one, one complaint with that might be, well, what do you do with the offensive linemen? And I think what you do with with them is you have them and the D linemen, for that matter, get to experiment a little. Like, maybe have them run routes. I mean, because offensive linemen don't get to have those be in the skill positions very often. And I I, I guess I don't know from experience, but I don't know if offensive linemen getting to show off their talent by just blocking more is really would be their activity of choice. I think it would be really fun to watch, like, an offensive... Lyman go up against a defensive lineman and just have him run a go route. 
and see what happens. That's how I would fix it, at least. But uh, that's a little diversion. I don't know how that'll end up getting marked. Oh, yeah, by the way, um, when I am recording this, it is now Tuesday. Um, I, I don't know if you heard, but someone was my parent came home when I was recording the first half of this episode, and it's now Tuesday. So um, when you hear the quick take, and it's because it, or and it, it's, an, it's an event from Tuesday, that, that's why. That's why. But actually, funny story, in the meantime, some things that I would like to talk about have happened. So that's cool. Um, but I think I would just like to reminisce a little bit about Bruce Bochy announcing that 2019 will be his last season managing. That's uh, it's very sad news because as a Giants fan, um, Bruce Bochy has entered a special place in my heart. Um He's been the manager of the San Francisco Giants since 2007. He's been a manager since 1995 uh, of the San Diego Padres. He played in the major leagues from 1978 to 1987, playing with the Astros, Mets, and Padres. And in the time since he's joined the Giants, he's led them to three World Series championships in 2010, 2012, and 2014. And... This is a sad move, but it's been talked about for, what, a few years now. And Bochi kind of, he's done his duty. Uh, he's led the Giants to three World Series. He's restored baseball as probably, um, at least until the last couple of years with the Warriors, the premier sport in the Bay Area and the premier team in the Bay Area. He's got a massive head to fit his massive brain. And there are actually some really funny stories. Uh, Google, like, Tim Kirchin Bochy stories or something like that. But just about the ma- how, how large his head is. But he's done the best with the talent he could. I mean, there aren't too many cases where Bruce Bochy was outmanaged, whether in a game or in a whole season. I mean, there's a game I'll always remember. I forget what year it was, but I think it was, like, 2011 or something like that where Don Mattingly, the newest, the new, I think it was his rookie year, the new Dodger manager, went out to the mound and then left the mound, or went out to the mound to talk to his pitcher, and it was a crucial situation, and the Giants were down, and there were runners on base, and Mattingly goes out to talk to his pitcher, leaves because he thinks he's done, and the pitcher's like, whoa, whoa, whoa I got something else to say. Beckons Mattingly back, Mattingly comes back, and then Bruce Bochy, in all of his wisdom, sees this, marches out to the umpires, says, Mattingly went to the mound twice, that means he has to pull him. And the umpires agree with him, and then Mattingly pulls his guy, has to get a guy up who's just barely been warming up, and the new pitcher subsequently gives up a double that puts the Giants in the lead, or at least ties it, I think. That was just a wonderful moment. Uh, I don't know if the rule was actually valid. I think they looked at it after the fact and weren't sure. But regardless, Bochy's savvy and his just way of communicating. I mean, he's one of the guys that just beckons so much respect because of his resume and his age uh, and the fact that he was a player and performed well as a player. He's just the all-around package, and we'll miss him here in San Francisco, here in the Bay Area. And this is kind of ushering in a new era of Giants baseball. I mean, with Zaidi 
coming in and wanting to run this thing based on analytics and the Giants parting with a lot of their old stars like Hunter Pence, um, Pablo Sandoval, etc., and trying to usher in these new guys uh, with only a few mainstays like Buster Posey and uh, Panic, And I don't know if Bell is going to stay for another couple of years, um, but he very well might be out the door soon. So it's it's a new era of Giants baseball, and hopefully uh, the Giants can get Bryce Harper and bring Bochi out with a bang. All I really want is to get to the playoffs, man. Um, we can lose in the playoffs, whatever, but just to feel that glory of making the playoffs, whether it's winning the division or squeaking in the second wild card, I know it's probably not going to happen, but as a selfish Giants fan, you know, screw rebuilding. I want to make it to the playoffs, but... Bruce Bochy, wonderful manager, and he definitely, given his resume, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, quick-ish take. According to ESPN's Jeff Passan, Manny Machado finally has a location where he will play baseball next season. And that is... You probably already heard... The San Diego Padres, uh, according to Mark Feinsand of MLB.com, it's a 10-year, $300 million contract, making it the, quote, biggest free agent contract in the history of American sports. Per Yahoo Sports' Tim Brown, this also has an opt-out after five years, if he so chooses. I mean, this is kind of a win for all parties involved. I mean, Machado wanted biggest deal ever, and he got it. <laughs> $300 million. And the Padres try to round out their infield. And, I mean, this is a decent place for him to go. I mean, it's a moderately big market. He gets to be close to L.A. and Hollywood and everything. I don't really like him still because of he was a pain or he just wasn't very nice when he was with the Dodgers. But, you know, whatever. Now I get to hate him a little less. But I don't know if the Padres are still going to be able to compete with him. I mean, here's their depth chart right now. Catcher, they have Austin Hedges. First base, Eric Hosmer, who's probably the one name that really stands out. Second base, Ian Kinsler, who's past his prime by now. He's 36 years old, getting up there. At shortstop, they have Luis Urias, who's young and 21, not to be confused with Jose Urias on the Dodgers. Will Myers, who seems like he's been around since the Stone Age, but he's only 28, at least from my point of view. In center field, you got Manuel Margot. And then in right field, not Hunter, yes, Hunter Renfro. There's multiple, there's the guy on Clemson, too. But this doesn't look like a team that can compete for a championship right now. I know they're looking down the road, but and I hear they have a pretty good pen or a farm system. But blowing this amount of money, I mean, I know baseball doesn't really have a salary cap, but spending this amount of money on one player in baseball just never really seems like a super smart move. I mean, the Marlins gave Stanton that. 13-year deal or whatever, and he ended up leaving after, like, three or four years to go to New York. These deals just... I know that's what... um, What's his face? I know that's what Machado wanted. 
but it just doesn't seem like a wise move on behalf of the Padres. I don't know. I mean, who, whatever team signs Harper. Now, of course, the Giants may very well sign Bryce Harper for a 12-year, $400 million deal. But I'm still going to say the same thing. Um, I don't know if these massive contracts are favorable in the long term or even in the short term. And I don't think Machado is the same or really super close to Bryce Harper's level of production either. So, hey, at least he signed. At least this whole fiasco of where's Machado going to go is over. But I have mixed opinions about or I have mixed uh, thoughts about how this will turn out in the end. Thank you so much for listening to The Wong Takes. Website, bit.ly slash The Wong Takes. Patreon.com slash The Wong Takes. The Wong Takes at gmail.com. Rate the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, don't forget to subscribe also to get new episodes in your feed right away once they come out. Even though I said this episode was on Monday, it's actually on Tuesday. Send questions, voicemails, etc. You know how to do all that. And if you don't, email me at longtakes at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast, and I will see you next week.